the award-winning Your Financial Editor program on 930 WFMD, news from the worlds of business and finance with your financial editor, Chris Murray. Welcome to another edition of the Your Financial Editor program right here on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcasts. I am Chris Murray, your host. Uh, thanks so much for being with us today. Appreciate it. A good program laid out for you today. We're going to be talking about some uh, top stories of this past week, some economic data. Joining me in just a little bit, uh, public finance economist EJ Antoni. Uh, he's been on the program before um, and has written a couple really good pieces for the Heritage Foundation, and we're going to discuss that really important uh, one has to do with uh, oil and our energy independence here in the United States, and also just um, who's benefiting and who's losing out from these current uh, political policies that we have in place. Uh, EJ did another uh, piece on that this week that was really good. So, you know, when we look at the uh, top stories, unfortunately, it's not a big surprise to see job cuts uh, week in and week out. Roku, which is the big video streaming company, uh, announced this week that they're cutting another 10% of their workforce. Um, they're also putting their hiring plans uh, on the shelf for a while. They're trying to uh, lower expenses. And, um, you know, obviously by bringing down their their headcount, that's going to uh, help, they, they think, with their growth rate. Um, in addition to those job cuts, uh, Roku also plans to consolidate their office space and continue to, to review their uh, kind of their current situation and uh, all of the expenses that they are incurring. Now, Roku is among several technology companies, I mean, companies in general, but this year, actually the last couple of years, uh, tech companies in general have, um, have been the leaders when it comes to job cuts. You're talking about the big names like Amazon and Alphabet and uh, Facebook and Microsoft. And for Roku, this isn't anything new. Um, this is the third time that the company has cut jobs just within the past year. So um, really tough over there at Roku, as it is for a lot of other uh, companies as they try to make things work um, for their employees, but also for their bottom line and for their shareholders. So um, that's why we're seeing, I think, so much activity as far as uh, job cuts these last couple years. Um, and then, of course, like I said, you've got these various political policies that have all been epic failures, uh, you know, and anybody that believes the spin that's out there all you have to do is go back and just watch reruns of the obama administration because this is just the third term of it there's no doubt about it um in a speech the beginning of this week uh biden was out touting these economic policies um and also of course you you can't see these people go and give a speech without um blaming or pointing a finger at other uh, politicians. In this case, it was Trump. So, um, you know, they're they're bragging about things. But at the same time, you saw the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget uh, come out and say that, uh, and by the way, they've been on the program before. They like to educate um, the public on issues that have to do with fiscal policy. Um, 
So Biden, at the beginning of the year, the uh, Congressional Budget Office said that Biden's budget this year alone, just in 2023, was going to be around $1.4 trillion. Now, I know we can't get our arms around those numbers, but they're they're horrific. And according to the uh, Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, they're now saying that the deficit for this year is going to be closer to $2 trillion. So um, that's double this year from what they were originally saying, that $2 trillion. And they went on to say the doubling of the budget deficit is a combination of a rise in spending uh, and also higher interest rates. Um, it's just a, a real um, mess. There's no other way to to, to kind of spin it. I know they're trying to do that, but you can't, we can't absorb $2 trillion deficits year after year. And that's exactly what they're planning on doing because they're saying we're not cutting any spending and that's obviously what has to happen. So we're, as I like to say, we're, you know, headed to the uh, edge of the cliff like Thelma and Louise and something's got to give. And that something has to be fiscal conservatives and patriots really that are going to vote on these future spending packages because that's the only way that uh, we can turn this ship around. That's just what has to be done. So then, you know, you hear a lot about uh, more about the Bidenomics and whatnot. And like I said, the various speeches, they're saying everything's working and it's benefiting Americans and the economy's great and the jobs market is great, etc. Well, then you start looking at polls. And um, I'm not a poll guy. I've always said it. But when every single poll tells you the same thing, it's worth paying attention to. So what we saw was a, um, a poll from the Wall Street Journal. They surveyed 1,500 registered voters, and only 37% of those voters approve of Biden's handling of the economy, which, again, we're going to be talking about more detail with uh, E.J. Antoni in just a little bit. So just 34% said they approved of how Biden is handling inflation and rising cost, where obviously the other uh, over 60% plus said that they disapprove. These are massive numbers, and it's poll after poll. Uh, 58% of respondents said the economy has gotten worse over the last two years. We know that. That's just a fact. Um so, and the other thing it was in this poll was 73% of voters consider Biden too old to run. And um, it's just a, you know, what show watching this guy. I mean, he doesn't know that this week with the whole mask thing and then walking out of the medal ceremony. And uh, it's just one thing after another. He's an epic failure. Um, and, of course, all the people behind the curtain pulling the strings because he's just a puppet, they're epic failures too. And that's why I say this is just Obama, uh, you know, 3.0. It's a third term. And um, just more horrific, terrible damage being done to our country and our reputation uh, around the world. There's there's no two ways about it. I mean, my I haven't changed those two uh, 
two terms of Obama. Again, I we've all been there, got the T-shirt. We know it was epic failure. People didn't know what they're doing. Um, they ruled through agency instead of through votes of elected officials. Um, and this is just more of it. So uh, it's got to change. Otherwise, you know, it's going to get even worse. And now we're talking about the government shutdown, right? So you've got these uh, lawmakers who are coming back after being off a month when we had all this unfinished business and they leave uh, Washington. Um, but they're coming back. And now at the end of this month, uh, September 30, basically uh, the government supposedly runs out of money. And they're going to want another spending measure, some type of uh, continuing resolution. And they're tying all of their um, pet projects and money laundering schemes into it, as opposed to uh, just focusing on what's necessary spending. And we heard this week, uh, actually, from Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz said that he thinks there's a significant chance of a government shutdown. Um and that uh, he he thinks that Schumer and these other politicians want it to happen because they believe it will be a benefit to them politically. Um, so we'll know soon enough, you know, in a couple weeks. But uh, if the House does not approve the continuing resolution, the government is going to there will be a partial shutdown. So. Um, these again, these fiscal conservatives in the House, there's a couple in the Senate, but even the uh, GOP senators are weak sauce. I mean, they're they're just go along to get along and enrich themselves and stay in power. Uh, they're a joke. You know, McConnell and Ernst and Thune and, of course, Romney. I mean, we need to just, you know, catapult these people out of uh office and just you know put them on a beach somewhere but you are going to have a lot of folks well not a lot but you are going to have folks in the house that are going to say look we're focused on the border which that's the number one thing that has to be done for the country is to secure the border so that um our safety as citizens is better insured right And, and then of course along with the border you know you're talking about terrorists coming in you're talking about uh child and sex trafficking you're talking about fentanyl that's killing americans and enriching the cartels to the tune of billions of dollars now every year um so they need to focus on the border they need to cut spending and then we'll go from there and i think if the fiscal conservatives hold that line then we'll be okay. Um, and if McCarthy, another weak link, and the others uh, don't want to go along with that, and um, we do have a government shutdown, so what? We've seen it before. We've lived through them. And the sun comes up the next day. The world isn't going to end. As a matter of fact, when it's happened in the past, we barely miss a beat. When America's bloated government, quote, shuts down, unquote, you actually I'm surprised that they do want to see it because it spotlights how bloated the government is and how unnecessary so much of the government is. 
you just you don't miss it. You don't miss anything really. You know, you've got your uh, your police officers and your firefighters. You, you know, your first responders. Um, you, you know, no matter what, they're always there to step up and do their job and to take care of people. Um, it's just so. What if the government shuts down? And and all they're going to do is try to scare everybody by saying it'll be the end of the world. It's not. We've been through it. Shut it down. And then we'll just sit back and look at, hey, everything's fine. We really don't need you guys. Why don't you stay home? But another reason they think they might want this shutdown is to help take the focus off of Biden because of all of the different ways he steps in it every day. And then, of course, also um, Hunter Biden and those illegal activities. So maybe they can try to pull people's attention away, again, play politics and say that the bad Republican Party, you know, hates America and wants to shut it down and default on our debt and whatever they're going to say. Fortunately, so many people aren't listening to them anymore at all, just like with the whole virus thing coming back and people talking about masks and whatnot. We don't we don't care what you say or what you tell us you think we should do. We really don't care. And and that's that's the only silver lining or one of the only silver linings that came from the virus is that people now are waking up when they hear this again. You got to wear a mask. We're going to do shutdowns. We're going to do mail-in ballots, all that garbage. It's out the window. Anybody that's halfway intelligent, and I mean that, halfway intelligent in the back of their mind, but more importantly, in their heart, they know that that's all baloney, that they were hoodwinked if they fell for it, and it was just a terrible, terrible time for the country that should have never happened. So um, we'll wait and see on the government shutdown. I'll be around to talk about it and point different things out as I see them. Um, something else we're going to talk about, not just the finances of the country and the policies uh, in just a little bit, but also um, as far as the uh, some of the things that we heard this week had to do with energy. So first, we saw oil prices surge at the beginning of the week to the highest level we've seen in uh, almost a year since November. Why? Saudi Arabia and Russia extended their supply cuts to the end of the year. So we all thought that it was just going to be extended through October. Well, forget that. They said all the way through the end of the year. So that was a shock to the markets. Um, You know, this three-month extension, basically. And um, both the Saudis and Russia said they're going to review the supply cuts monthly after that going forward. So with the production cut extended, now you're looking at a deficit of more than 1.5 million barrels per day in the fourth quarter of this year, according to most analysts uh, that I was uh, uh, following this week. Um, So that's terrible. That's why you see gas prices so high uh, and uh, diesel fuel. And of course, with petroleum products that is used to make so many different products, it's just costing you more and more and more in all kinds of ways. On top of that, what does this administration do? Well, the U.S. Interior Department on Wednesday 
um, after being directed by Biden, uh, canceled about seven oil and gas leases in Alaska. So um, they're trying to force you to, um, well, like I said, the whole green climate thing is is just a scam. It's money laundering. It's power and control grab. Um, and, and it's it's laughable when you, uh, not only when you see what they're trying to do, with emissions, which is a joke and they can't prove anything and it's not going to work. Um, but number two, all the people they punish because of all these higher costs and of course all the spending. Um, but yeah, gasoline prices, the highest, uh, seasonal level we've seen since 2012. So over a decade there, haven't seen it. Uh, the last number I saw this week from AAA was, um, regular grade gasoline was at 381 a gallon on average. Um, and then, of course, uh, it's it's higher than a year ago and unusually high for this time of year when you look at um, historical numbers. And guess what? The hurricane, Adalia, didn't have anything to do with it. So there's spin out there on that, too. That's malarkey. Um, the hurricane steered well clear of uh, energy infrastructure. And basically had zero impact on gas prices. This is all self-inflicted. Um, and, of course, the whole time they're going to use a hurricane or a fire or a rainstorm or whatever and run around with their hair on fire saying that um, it's all climate change, which, um, guess what? We, we can tell these, uh, you know, Al Gore and John Kerry and Bill Gates, um, all these morons, we can tell them, you're right, the climate does change. It always has and it always will. And you're not going to do one thing to impact it. All you're trying to do is scam people and, um, and make yourself more powerful because you think you're an elite. You're not really. You're you're an idiot. Um, but anyway, we have to make sure that we don't become idiots and believe these people. And that's why you never, ever, ever see a serious debate on these issues because they'll lose. So instead, they use the media and talking heads and scare tactics and lies, just bold-faced lies, to try to scare people and influence them to think that um, there is some evil climate change because of what humans are doing and also because of traditional uh, energy sources. And that's all. That's just lies. Um, also this week, we saw some economic data. Uh, the ISM um, services number improved a little bit. In August, or uh, from where it was in August, so uh, that was good to see. Um, it came in a little better than what economists were looking for that were surveyed by the uh, the Wall Street Journal. And also, we saw this week. Um, there hadn't been a whole lot of talk about it, but uh, definitely, you know, something to to pay attention to. There's been some uh, vacancies at the Federal Reserve. Uh, President Trump tried to get a couple um, fiscal conservatives uh, pushed through 
uh, so that the right thing could have been done, hopefully, on um, inflation as opposed to this epic failure that we see with Jerome Powell and all the other people at the Federal Reserve uh, because they kept interest rates at 0% so much longer than they should have. And also, they printed way too much money. So now they're going around saying, hey, we're, you know, look at us, watch us. Man, we're fixing everything. We're getting inflation down. Um, but we as consumers here in America, we're still looking back saying, man, everything's so much more expensive than it was two and a half years ago. And on top of that, people that do need to finance, uh, whether it's personally or uh, for businesses, it's really expensive. And this was all self-imposed. And you know what's going to happen? Just like we saw with Bernanke, we're going to see it with Powell or whatever. They're going to get a Nobel laureate prize. So even though they're responsible for causing the bubble, for causing um, the inflation, uh, along with the government with spending that we've seen in this administration, Powell and, those, and other people, they'll get Nobel laureates. No doubt about it. That's why those things don't matter anymore. You know, they hand them out to people that don't deserve them. So there's no credibility there either. You see, so much credibility has been lost in so many um, areas in this country and around the world, whether it's politics, the media, um, so-called scientists, it's it's uh, there's just no credibility there. That silver lining I mentioned earlier is that so many more people are aware of that and um, they're not going to be talked to like they're some dumb rock and they're definitely not going to believe it or buy into it. But, yeah, so the Senate on Thursday confirmed uh, Adriana uh, Kugler uh, as a Federal Reserve Board governor. So now all seven of those positions are in place after some um, of those that were confirmed to a second term. Uh, so full seven-member board. And, of course, you've got 12 regional bank presidents who set monetary policy. The 12 presidents vote on a rotating basis. Um, but all of those uh, things are in place now. And, um, and that's, you know, that's a good thing. So, well, I guess it's a good thing. I mean, it hasn't been uh, in the recent past because of those poor decisions I mentioned, but um, it's it's what we've got. Maybe that's the way I should put it. All right, going to take a uh, quick break. When we come back, we'll be talking with my guest, Mr. E.J. Antoni. He's a research fellow at the Heritage Foundation. You've probably seen him um, on TV or heard him on the radio. He's been on our, this program, my program, before. So uh, we're going to be talking about really important issues like energy and what is going on with uh, traditional resources and also um, just the policies overall. Uh, we'll get his take on that that the administration has in place. Pat 
past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com, a service of Holtzapel Heating and Air Conditioning. This is 930 WFMD and WFMD.com. Now, WFMD News. A controlled detonation took place Thursday afternoon in Hagerstown. City officials say at around 10 a.m., construction workers were moving dirt and rock for a stormwater treatment pond in the 1700 block of Wessel Boulevard when they saw a suspicious object. Work was stopped immediately, and the construction workers called 911. Hagerstown police and fire and rescue personnel were called to the scene. After observing the item, they called the state fire marshal's office bomb squad. Bomb squad technicians examined the object and determined the best way to render the explosive safe was to set it off. The nearby Sam's Club and some hotels were evacuated to make sure the public was safe. The controlled detonation occurred just before 3 p.m. People in Frederick County in need of a clinical breast exam or breast imaging who fall through the cracks of the health insurance system can turn to Team Hope, according to co-founder Vicki Weldon. Back in 2011, I really became aware of the tremendous need for care of women, for women who had no insurance and they were ineligible for care through the Frederick County Health Department. So we realized that Team Hope could become a safety net. So the women, uh, we got together and decided that we would form a 501c3 and become that safety net so we could care for the women in Frederick County who had no insurance. Weldon tells WFMD News that Team Hope has received a $10,000 grant from the Rotary to help pay for the team's services. If you want to learn more, go to teamhopefrederick.org, and that's Team Hope Frederick is one word. For more on these and other stories you hear on WFMD, go to our website, WFMD.com. I'm Kevin McManus, WFMD News. Fox News, I'm Pam Puso. Emergency workers in Morocco are combing through rubble after a powerful earthquake. More than 800 people have been killed. Most of the victims in the historic city of Marrakesh. Dozens of buildings are damaged. Rallying in South Dakota, the Republican frontrunner for president. I'm the only person in the history of politics that's been indicted whose poll numbers went up 25 points or something, right? Former President Donald Trump was joined by Governor Kristi Noem. He is the leader, the fighter that our country needs. He has my full and complete endorsement. Nome is widely believed to be in the mix to be Mr. Trump's running mate. The rally was in Rapid City. America's listening to Fox News. The 930 WFMD Skyscan forecast for Frederick and surrounding counties for the rest of the morning. Cloud showers and it's about the thunderstorm that will continue through the day. High this afternoon, 88. Variably cloudy with showers and thunderstorms likely tonight, low again 68. Sunday, mostly cloudy, a couple of thunderstorms early, then showers and inspired thunderstorm in the afternoon. PJ's Roofing, when it comes to your roof, they've got you covered. Visit pjsroofing.com. I'm meteorologist Jim Renault. 930 WFMD with a Fox Sports update. From the Fox Sports studios in Los Angeles. 
Here's Kevin Figures. Friday night in Major League Baseball, the Dodgers got home runs from Kiki Hernandez, J.D. Martinez, and Max Muncy in an 8-5 win over the Nationals. The Giants snapped a six-game losing streak with a 9-8 victory over Colorado. Houston had its three-game winning streak snapped by the Padres. That was an 11-2 final as Blake Snell struck out eight. Meanwhile, Texas lost at home to Oakland, a 6-3 defeat for their fourth consecutive loss. With Seattle also losing to Tampa, the Astros maintain their half-game lead over the Mariners in the AL West, while the Rangers are three games back. It was the Guardians 6 and the Angels 3. Carlos Correa with a home run, leading Minnesota over the Mets 5-2. The Braves beat Pittsburgh 8-2 as Ronald Acuna Jr. and Eddie Rosario each went deep. In college football, Kansas beat Illinois 34-23, while Indiana mollywhopped Indiana State 4 41 to 7. Daniil Medvedev upset Carlos Alcaraz in the semifinal at the U.S. Open. I'm Kevin Figures. Securing America. The debate over U.S. funding for Ukraine is intensifying, with some Republicans pushing back on what the U.S. has provided so far, as well as President Biden's request for $24 billion in additional assistance. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby spoke to reporters Friday about the criticism which frankly is not helpful uh, to, uh, to the overarching effort, which is to, to make sure that Ukraine uh, can succeed. Over the weekend, former Vice President Mike Pence issued a warning of sorts while talking to host Shannon Bream on Fox News Sunday to members of his party who want to end aid to Ukraine. I have no doubt, Shannon, uh, that if Vladimir Putin overruns Ukraine, he's going to cross a border of a NATO country where we will be required under Article 5 to send our troops. Article 5 states that an attack on one NATO country is an attack on all. Kevin Uretsky, Fox News. Today's financial editor on 930 WFMD was recorded at an earlier date. It's your financial editor with Chris Murray on 930 WFMD. Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcasts. You can grab it there. Um, and I uh, talked about some economic data. Probably the biggest that we you know got this week was the latest read on inflation, uh, which has just been crushing people the last two and a half years. While others said it didn't exist, it was transitory, it's not as bad as you think, it's only for the rich people, all of those lies. You know, your Thanksgiving dinner is not going to cost all that much more than it did last year. Your hot dog's going to be cheaper for 4th of July, lie after lie after lie. So I'm blessed because I know the people that listen to this program don't buy into that garbage and they see it for what it really is. And that is um, the truth not being told. So we follow um, the, the numbers. What we saw this week, we got both the CPI, the consumer price index and the PPI, the producer price index uh, for last month. And what we saw was um, the consumer price index was up 3% on an annual basis from June of last year. And people were bragging about it. Well, guess what? There's nothing to brag about. 
last year in June, the CPI was up 9.1% from the previous year. And now we're up another 3%. It's, you know, it's all smoke and mirrors. Things are still more expensive than they should be. And it's self-imposed. It's because of energy policy and terrible leadership, actually no leadership, and what we do have is poor. Supply chain issues still exist. Don't talk about them that much. Still exist. You look at surveys, they're in the survey. We still have worries. And some of the easing that's come from the really, really bad times of the supply chain issue is because there's not as much truck tonnage that's being hauled around the country. Guess what? That's not a good sign because that means demand is slowing. So the PPI, like I said, 3% up year over year. Depends where you looked. The cost of used cars came down 5.2% from the same time a year ago. Well, that's great because they've been at all-time record highs. So this gets back to people like expecting to pat on the back when they've done nothing. Shelter cost, rents, which account for about 40% of the core CPI, was up 7.8%. From June of 2022 to June of 2023. That's not good. Higher rents, less money in your pocket. Higher food costs, less money in your pocket. Higher energy costs at the pump, less money in your pocket. You see the trend. This is devastating. And then the PPI, the producer price index, came out the next day. Um, It was up 2.4%. Uh, year over year. So the rise of inflation continues, although it's slower. But you're still paying much, much higher pricing than you did two and a half years ago. So um, the Federal Reserve is looking at this like, okay, you know, we think we're doing pretty decent because we've uh, created what they call destruction demand. And... um, that's not good because now you got credit card interest rates at all-time highs. And, you know, this is just the the circle of death, right? I mean, that's basically what you're looking at. It's like watching that. Um, and until the producer price index comes down more, and that's before it gets to us as consumers, then they can't pass that on to us. Well, to whoever they're selling to that we buy from. So... Um, And you look at the National Federation of Independent Business, their optimism index came out this week. A little bit of an improvement in June, reading of 91. You would think, you know, people would get excited about that. Well, if you look at the facts, that reading of 91, it's the 18th consecutive month below the 49-year average of 98. So you're still south of average and you've been there for 18 months in a row what's the worry from these small businesses 
that are the backbone of this country, inflation, labor quality, people, you know, not wanting to work, not showing up. Um, So that's, uh, you know, that's basically what we get. Um, We did hear this week from uh, the Federal Reserve, their beige book, and it said kind of what I've been saying, depending on where you look and how you you, uh, analyze the data, how the questions are posed for the anecdotal information, that'll get you your answer for what's going on around the country in the various uh, 12 Federal Reserve districts. So um, we're going to come back, talk about the top retirement questions, the most important ones that people have, and get you some answers on that. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcasts. Um, So I mentioned that, um, you know, we were going to address some of these top retirement questions that people have literally that we talk about on a daily basis at the office. Um, And uh, some of the main ones are, uh, of course, um, have I saved enough to last me through retirement? You know, that's generally, or do I have enough? Um, I always caution people on that because basically what your mindset is, is you have a dollar amount and you're asking, is that going to last me? Well, that's a very, very difficult thing to answer unless you know what your retirement is going to cost you. So you don't know if you're going to have enough income and asset flow to get you through retirement, all of retirement, or if you're going to run out of money, if you don't know how much your retirement's going to cost you. Make sense? So the best way to answer that question is um, to make sure that you understand your budget and that you have everything in your life that impacts you and your husband or wife and your children and grandchildren Um, on paper. So the easy answer to that is if you really want to know, um, are you going to outlive your retirement income is, do you have a plan? Otherwise, like I said, you're just looking at a big pile of money on the table and you're asking the question, is it going to last me or am I going to run out of money? So if you have a plan and you put your life on paper, then those questions are answered because when you do that, you also include inflation. So what cost us a dollar today, as we know really painfully for the last two and a half years, doesn't or isn't going to cost a dollar down the road, you know, 10, 15 years in particular. So you want to make sure you have inflation uh, included in that. Um, And if, if there's a problem with that, budget and cash flow issue, it's better to know sooner rather than later. Because if you do need to make some changes, uh, you can make them. 
as opposed to just starting to look at things and saying, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm headed for the the mountainside and I don't have enough time to pull up. You know, that's that, that's something that you really have to be careful of. So plan. That's the easiest way, the most effective way, uh, and I think the best way to answer that very, very important question, um, will I outlive my retirement income or am I going to be fine? Um, also, do you have the right uh, advisor for retirement? You know, I mean, maybe it's been something you've been doing on your own. And now you're not as comfortable with it as you get closer to and into retirement. Um, Maybe, you know, you um, have just been putting it off because you're busy like all of us. And um, it's something that, you know, you say you're going to address. But the question is when and sooner rather than later, once again, is the, the, the correct answer. So you can make sure that you understand that whoever's going to be with you um, right before you retire and, and into retirement is going to be the right advisor, that that's what they, they focus on. That's their specialty, uh, their niche, if you will. Um, and then, you know, one of the other things is um, your legacy planning, your estate planning. You and your husband or wife, first and foremost, are the are, – are, number one in retirement, right? I mean, that just makes sense. You want to make sure you have a good, solid, um, very enjoyable retirement. That comes with the planning, and uh, that's the main focus. However, the majority of the people that we've worked with over the last 33 years also have some type of legacy planning, estate planning that they want to have in place so that their children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, church, uh, favorite charity, nonprofit, whatever it is that they want to share what's left over with their family and or Um, I always say the people they love and the things they care about, right? So you want to make sure that those things are are in order. Um, You know, I had someone in just the other day and they were talking about their um, uh, significant other because uh, the spouse had passed away. So they had, uh, you know, she had a new basically boyfriend, wanted to make sure that everything was going to be okay if something happened to her and that he was allowed to stay in the home and have a life estate, et cetera, all that kind of stuff. So these are the kind of questions um, and answer sessions that you want to have, that you hash out everything, you know, and in planning, you do that. And sure, you have to do some homework and you have to spend some time and energy, but it's worth it. Because then you're not asking this out loud and not knowing the answer. You know the answer. So you're empowered with that. Um, And like I said, if you need to change course, you want to do that sooner rather than later. Um, Also, what we've learned is um, as far as investments go, people don't want to be 
invested with their hard-earned money in things that they disagree with. We're seeing this, you know, more and more with the Bud Lights and the Targets and the Disneys and you fill in the blank. Um, And I think, I pray, that that's going to continue so that only companies that focus on good things, wholesome things, and your bottom line, that that's who you're exposed to and who you support. Um, I, I, you know, as an investor, as a consumer, I'm behind that 110%. So those are just, you know, some of the main questions. But, you know, really, again, it comes back to having that general conversation about retirement and then transitioning to the, the importance of a plan and what your plan would look like. Your life on paper, basically. And I think that's the, the, the most important starting point that you can have. And that's what I would suggest. We're out of time. Um, thanks so much for being with us today. I'll talk with you on the Morning News Express with the Morning Mayor, Bob Miller. That's uh, weekdays, live conversations at 5.50, 6.50, 7.50 And then um, we're back here next Saturday for another edition of the Your Financial Editor program. This is Chris Murray wishing you and your family financial success. Where you gonna be when country comes back? Cold beer chasing that Lynchburg Jack. Knocking that dust off the old school tracks. Bet your boots I'm ready when country comes back.